welcome to the festive episode of Starters and Sights. I'm Neil, and I'm in London. And I'm Adam, and I'm in Manchester. How are you doing, mate? I, I think I'm all right. <laughs> before we go any further, before we go any further, very hard to tell. before we go any further, <laughs> this is your opportunity in front of dozens of people. <laughs> literally, literally to, dozens. To admit, did you have any Christmas parties in December 2020? I was, I was invited to a very, very good one by a politician. Really? Um, yeah, no, and a Zoom quiz, uh, which was, uh, yeah, no. Um, no, I'm, I'm quite proud to say we, we didn't. We were um, we were incredibly well behaved, depressingly so, I, ironically so in the current circumstances, I think. It's bizarre, isn't it? It's just just bizarre. And it, you know, I was um, been out in a bar and I've been chatting to um bar owners, restauranteurs, and they're like ordering supplies two weeks ahead because they don't order anymore. There's been so many cancellations for Christmas parties across Manchester and, well, across the country. Mm-hmm. But my thing is, is, you know, if they lock down tomorrow, are people going to listen? I mean, I know hospitality is going to have to shut, but as regards private parties, there is absolutely no way, is there? That people no. are going to listen. No, exactly. It's 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 such a it's a, a colossal. Um, that's a, a sort of a, a kick in the teeth, shooting themselves in the foot. A lot of there's a lot of foot related things going on with this. Um, it's it's just bizarre. Um, could have come clean a week ago, two weeks ago, and it's just this constant, constant mining. It seems to get worse and worse and worse. And from the perspective of the hospitality industry, yet again, it feels like they're the ones that are going to get thrown under the bus. Just I don't, unless they can all cater for private parties in Downing Street, then they'll all be made. <laughs> but how yeah, can you I mean, how can you have senior politicians or advisors or whatever you want to call them resigning over a party that they claim never happened? Just kind yeah. of like I'm uh, got a minute, really. I just, I, I just, I, and I hate it again that we've we've been doing this what seven eight months now, yep. and every time we start chatting, we talk about the uncertainty. Yeah, you know, and 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 I I believe, and you know, you can hold me to this, but I think second of January we'll go into lockdown. I don't think they'll dare to do it during Christmas because of everything that's gone on. So I think 2nd of January, we go into another lockdown. Don't know what you think. I, I, I fear you may be right. I think the, uh, we may have said on here before, we've certainly said it privately. I know more people with COVID or have had COVID in the last three, four months than I have at any point in the, since March, 2020. The, um, the, the sort of the news I'm getting from people today, where you know, groups of a friend who's on a course with there's a group there's 37 people on the course, 13 of them have tested positive in the last day or so for COVID. It's just rife. It just seems to be rattling through everything, and it does make you question. I want to go out and support. I've, I've, I've triple, um, was double vaccinated, had the booster last week, um, so I'm a, as protected as I can, and I want to sort of be able to sort of trust. All of those things. I'm very, very grateful that 
uh, masks are more mandatory now. However, people feel about them, however minuscule the effect, cumulatively, it's got to do something. So there's been, there's the sort of vague positives of that. But as you say, it's, I think something's going to, got to give the, uh, the, the, the chaos um, at, the, at the time of recording this was the bizarre announcement last night that without any consultation with the NHS, as far as we can tell at this point, um, oh, we're just going to do a million, million booster vaccines by the end of December. Um, we don't have them. We, we don't have the lateral flow test. We don't have anything. The website can't cope. But hey, we'll do it because it detracts from the Christmas party speculation. It's just, it's just odd. And it's this, I mean, kind of joke. I mean, the whole thing feels like a terrible extended spitting image sketch in terms of chaos and, and just being inept. But you and I are both very close to the hospitality industry and you can see the effect it's having. The The other side of this, I mean, you hoped businesses were going to have a good Christmas and maybe be able to kind of sort of stagger on through sort of the early part of 2022. The number of cancellations for Christmas, this is the, the massive threat to an awful lot of businesses that were barely holding on. It's just, I don't know, terrible. I mean, you, you, you mentioned spitting image. I mean, if you and I will remember very clearly, if this would have been a sketch in Yes Prime Minister, we would have gone, <laughs> oh, you've gone too far now. You've, got, you've gone too far. You know this. This just isn't funny because you like this is stretching the boundaries of you know suspended disbelief beyond all proportions, and you're just like. But I did, you know, all these guys that have ordered the food for Christmas and not knowing, you know, when suddenly it comes out on the BBC News, there's an emergency meeting of Cobra and all of this kind of stuff, and you can see the fear in you know, restaurateurs and bar owners' eyes that, like, are they just going to come out and say this? But I I personally don't believe he would dare to do it because after all this stuff around Christmas parties, because no one will listen. No one will listen. And, you know, they, they will just, people will just carry on regardless. And, I, I yeah. And then... But my thing is, you know, it's it's escalated so quickly. There's going to be all the Christmas parties. We'll lock down on the 2nd of January and everyone's going to be in a right mess. And, yeah, just, I don't know, mate. I'm just, I, I've been lost for words on numerous occasions this week when I've been chatting to people because you just like, you know, do as I say. I've, I've, my, I, I've, I've had a very limited vocabulary of like four letters talking <laughs> to people this week. So it's, it's much the same. Yeah, it's much the same. But so anyway, let's 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 while while things are open, where have you been? What have you been eating? Mate, I had some amazing food since we last chatted. Um, went to Carden Park, the Vines new restaurant that's opened at Carden Park. Uh, actually. I chatted to Graham Tinsley, the chef there, who he's cooked for, uh, funnily enough, he's cooked for uh, 10 Downing Street in his time. Uh, he's cooked for royalty and all sorts. We had a really good chat around um, what he's doing with the tasting menu there. Um, it's going to be in the podcast probably January 
uh, around what he sees is going to happen with the food and drink industry next year. And also, we, we chatted quite openly about Brexit and the B word, um, you know, that seems to have been forgotten a little bit um, because of parties. Um, but the B word. I, yeah, but when, when they went into lockdown and the amount of like international staff that they got and no one could go anywhere and yeah, just we had a really good chat around how things have been. So yeah, I think we're gonna put that out in in January. I went to Baslow Hall uh, near Bakewell. Uh just if that doesn't get a Michelin star um this year, then I give up on on, on what's gonna happen. Uh a bit closer to home. The social, uh, the wine uh, wine importer that's um, based um, at the same place where I've got my little marketing office. Uh, I had a bit of a, a do at Freight Island, a bit of tasting, a bit of champagne. It was just absolutely phenomenal. And, um, yeah, just some really, really top draw stuff. And also I've met with a couple of um, people who've been trying to open restaurants over the past 12 months. They hope they're hoping that next year is going to be their year. So, yeah, it's all been it's it's just been some phenomenal stuff. Um, Baslow Hall is the best cheese toasty I've ever had in my entire <laughs> life. You know, I think I can do a pretty good job with the Breville. This was just on a different scale. It was just, and what I loved about it as well was was that you beat the table and it's your table. There's no like I think they got maybe 20 covers maybe but it's like this is your table we don't like circulate tables this is yours and just the whole feel around the place was just amazing and yeah just nice. just loved it what about you where have you been nice yeah we've been a, a, a moderately interesting uh interesting few weeks actually i finally got along to uh somebody recommended a place called norman's cafe uh it's a little bit um there's an air of kind of hipsters do greasy spoon to it. However, they have a breakfast muffin, or have a series of breakfast muffins, um, there's a sausage, egg, hash brown, red Leicester cheese. As, as someone who was old enough to remember when McDonald's would actually serve you a runny egg, to take those elements, put them in a muffin, absolutely brilliant, delicious, slightly dirty, very messy, but that was really good fun. Um, on a similar similar level, um, went to Atul Kocha's new. Uh, he's got a little street food uh, sort of menu inspired place up in Wembley, which is really good to see. So if you're ever going to anything at Wembley Stadium, uh, not to, admittedly, I've not been to the kind of the box park thing there. Uh, not sure what's happening with that at the moment in terms of restrictions and space and ventilation and whatever else. Uh, his street place called um, Masauchi or Masauki. Need to, I, I apologize for the pronunciation. Um, very, very good, really good value. Same time, he's opened um, a rather more spendy place uh, in an old fire station in Westminster. Kind of little vibes of uh, Cinnamon Club in terms of uh, postcode and repurposing of old building. Uh, that's called Mathura, which is. Um, Indian food, but with nods to the neighbours, really. So sort of Iran, Afghanistan, um, Pakistan, uh, Sri Lanka, Nepal, etc. Really interesting mix of food. As I say, it's a little bit spendy. Um, go if somebody else is paying. But there is a very good set value 
lunch. On the subject of really good uh, set value lunches, I uh, went back to Launceston Place, which is somewhere I used to go a lot because they had a fantastic uh, set, uh, sort of good value set lunch in the Tristan Welsh days. It's now uh, being run a very young chef called Ben Murphy, phenomenally talented. Um, I very much suspect that will... If, don't think it's back on the Michelin list quite yet. Cannot see how it can possibly avoid not being on it very, very soon. And a little bit up the road from there uh, in Harvey Nicks on the fifth floor there, so the Madu's Brasserie, so uh, a, a staple of sort of South Hall. Um, they've got a great little sort of cantini bit of uh, Harvey Nicks. Amazing spiced lamb ribs. Just next time you're down, kind of top of my list of things that we've got to go and eat. These lamb ribs were just, just ridiculous. Messy. It's a, they're only seasoned with chilli. They kind of hurt to eat, but you just can't stop. Just, just brilliant. Mm. Lovely, delicious, messy, spicy. Really, really enjoyed those. Nice. Sounds good, mate. Sounds good. So, of course, we're coming into... Christmas, I we thank you so much to everybody who's like responded to stuff on Twitter and yeah. where we're talking about you know sides and everything else to do with Christmas and what we have at Christmas and things like that. I mean, some of the feedback's been brilliant, hasn't it? And things that people like and don't like, and some of the it's been great. I mean, an awful lot of people seem to be starting with booze. Yeah, which uh, I, I, I quite understand in the current climate. That's uh, <laughs> lots of uh, yeah. I think yeah. So Rex Goldsmith uh, is going for Negronis. Uh, so Will Lee, regular listener to this, is uh, wine. <laughs> so uh, a few people suggesting. Uh, yeah, oyster. Judith Lark suggested they'd start with oysters, but there's 20 of them this year. Uh, hopefully, hmm. fingers crossed, Judith. Uh, that you do get sort of 20 people in a room together. Um, lots of classics: the smoked salmon and scrambled eggs. Uh, Simon Pettit suggested uh, steak tartare with rosé champagne. That's from the Oxford Wine Company. Stuart Daniels smoked salmon with prawn cocktail sauce, uh, cider bread, and cream cheese. Um, what about yourself, mate? What's what's your go-to Christmas starter? I, I've got to go with salmon. You know, salmon and like a glass of fizz. I absolutely love that as a as a you know a prelude to the rest of the day. And I think you're similar to us. That I mean, it's going to be a bit different for us this year. But normally, if we're at home, we kind of like have about seven courses over about fifteen hours. Mm-hmm. And just really enjoy it. But this year is going to be a little bit different. We hopefully can go back and see family. Um, but yeah, I love smoked salmon, blinis, bit of cream cheese, bit of fizz. Just yeah, great way to start. I mean, you you do the same thing where you'll have you have quite a few different dishes throughout the day. You don't just go yeah all in for yeah. Found, it's it's lovely. I mean, doing the family things but always been lovely and fun and great. Um, but there is this kind of compulsion to have a, a huge meal in a very, very tiny window, whereas we will just sort of spread it out through the day. Yes, the smoked salmon, if if I don't get my act together, then we'll probably be looking at, yeah, smoked salmon and um, the, the usual accompaniments. 
if I do get my act together, maybe a little um, made Cullen skink a couple of times. That's uh, always a good one. Um, works really well. It's a good one to have in the freezer as well, certainly through January. Um, little soup, perhaps. And we've we've still got a couple of butternut squash from the uh, from the allotment this year. That's always nice. So yeah, now we'll see. We'll see. But then and then for the main event, are we traditional turkey? You going rogue? Yeah, and turkey's all right. You know, I just think right. yeah, we we had this conversation a few years ago. Where every year we were buying a, a, there's only two of us, we'd buy a turkey crown, poach it and cook it, make sure it's really well cooked, really lovely and moist. And after a few years, in passing in conversation, just happened to mention, yeah, well, I don't, not a big fan of turkey. And and I just said, well, no, neither am I. I'm like, why, why do we keep buying it? <laughs> so we switched to, we switched to chicken. Um, first year felt incredibly guilty. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, no, I get it, I get it. There's this bizarre pressure. Oh, no, it's turkey. It's, it's, turkey. it's really interesting because I was talking to, her, talking to my mum about this and um, talking about my childhood. And on Christmas Day, we would always have uh, full family. There would be my two nans and granddads, my great-uncle, all these people around for Christmas dinner. And... My mum would spend virtually all day in the kitchen and we wouldn't really see her. Um, but she would do turkey, beef, gammon. And then in the evening, we would have, um, you know, turkey sandwiches or whatever. And then Boxing Day, because we got, at, at that point in my childhood, we had, I was fortunate enough to have both sets of grandparents. We would go to one of my nans for Boxing Day lunch and have a full turkey dinner. We'd then go to my other nan's later in the afternoon and have another full turkey dinner because we (laughs) felt we should. And it's not that that's put me off turkey, but you kind of go... You went went to Paul Vicar of Dibley. Yes. You went to Paul Dibley. Yeah, properly. (laughs) But, yeah, I I, I don't know, mate. I just think turkey... uh, hmm. Uh, it, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I really, I like, to, I really like turkey sandwiches. I like smoked turkey as well, and I really like turkey sandwiches. Turkey, uh, turkey and coleslaw, or a, 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 a match made in in mayonnaise heaven. But yeah, for the main event, just can't, just can't face it. No, I think porchetta. You know, something just a little bit different. But yeah, I mean, this year because we're going to be. In and out of seeing my in-laws and and, and seeing uh, my family and stuff, I think uh, Christmas Day might actually be almost more of a cold buffet rather than uh, sit down. We might have some kind of sit down thing on Boxing Day, um, but yeah, it's just one. It's commitments. Two, you know, I've always I was reading something the other day about this thing of being stuck in the kitchen all day. And actually, you never really, when you're cooking, you never really get the opportunity to enjoy Christmas Day because you're waiting on the sprouts that have been on the boil since November. And, you know, you're trying to get everything ready at certain times. and But, yeah, it's just, I don't know, it's overplayed, isn't it? Yeah. So first year I I cooked Christmas lunch, it was exactly that. 
spent the entire day in the kitchen. Following year, I decided, right, I'm going to prep as much as I can on Christmas Eve. Now, with and we'll come on to uh, a couple of books in in due course. Um, I know we're going to be chatting about those in a sec. Um, with sort of veg prep, with everything else. Now everything is done Christmas, so you can kind of assemble Christmas lunch in a matter of minutes. And I was going to share the greatest piece of wisdom I was ever given or I ever read about any roast meal, but doubly so for Christmas. The only two things that need to be hot are the potatoes and the gravy. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Take the pressure off. Take the pressure off. Just, yeah, doesn't matter. As long as the gravy's hot, as long as your roasties are piping hot. I've got to ask you one question because uh, last night my beautiful wife and I uh, yesterday afternoon went to Jane Eyre, which I know I've talked about a lot. Love Jane Eyre. Um, their croquettes are the best croquettes in the world. Don't care what anyone says. Um, so we just went in for a drink, and I said, "Have you?" Because of course they do a great Sunday roast, and I was like, "Are the croquettes on the menu?" And they went, "No," but you know what we do have on the menu today. Pigs in blankets. Mate, I sat at the bar and like inhaled a bowl full of pigs in blankets. And I think that was the thing we were asking with the Twitter thing, wasn't it? About sides and sides to go to and what people and and so many different things. And say what's what I've been doing over the last few weeks in particular is um really going back to some of the, the, the books that we were talking about, some of the recipe books. And on the side, Ed Smith, great book. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Just right. where, you know, everything from braised cabbage to pureed sweet corn to, to all kinds of stuff. Just And what I would say to anybody, um, I'm, I'm not on a commission here, but if you're struggling with, sides to go with your Christmas dinner check out that book because you will come up with so many different ideas for things that you could have and what I love is the way it's matched out so you will just like in the back you will look at turkey and it will give you options of what sides to have with that and then when you're going through yeah we'll have a traditional pigs and blankets we'll have our roast potatoes and then there's something totally different yeah, it's the only indexing in that in yeah. that book is, is second to none. I mean, even down to you can pick your side dish based on what oven space you have, or whether you've got a, a spare hob. Yeah, even down to so this, the how it's cooked. So every every recipe I've tried in it. I mean, so I, I, I know as I said, I've, I've I've given this book away to more people than just about any other book I think I've ever seen. Uh, anyone I know that cooks, that's been a gift at some point. I think. Um, I feel I was yeah. I know I know Ed. It's not it, he hasn't paid me. Um, it is a genuinely genuinely great book. It's got a new book out called Crave, which I've not really I've got. I haven't really taken a proper look at yet. Apologies, Ed. But on the side, yeah, my my copy is now thoroughly gravy stained, which is the the trademark of any great book, I suppose. Oh, it's great, though, isn't it? But you just get different ideas for stuff. That you just like, well, I never would have thought of putting that with that, and yeah, I just love it. And I, I would again, I'm not commission either, but get Ed's book because if you're thinking about, well, what are we going to have? And instead of just boiled potatoes, roast potatoes, pigs in blankets, blah blah blah, 
get that book because you will be inspired to do something totally different and yeah, yeah. adore that book. Yeah, Which absolutely. is it's kind of been interesting really for me because um my wife and I we try and be really good at planning food for the week so that you know stuff doesn't go to waste and everything else. And I've gone back to a couple of old school where, you know, Simon Hopkinson for me, love his stuff, did a uh, a steak kidney and potato pie in the week. I mean, he had me at pie. Oh, my life. Just, just stunning and simple, you know, not too faffy, you know, just, yeah, just brilliant. I mean, is it, is it, because we want to do more about this next year as well around, you know, recipe books and things like that. But for you, is there that one book that you automatically go to? If it's, you're thinking, oh, right, I'm going to cook dinner tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. Angela's going to be around, right, what well, am I going to cook? And the first book you go to is that yeah. one. It's, it's very often, I will always check if we've got something in particular in, Simon Hopkinson, How to Roast Chicken, is if we'll always go through the, the chapters there. So each chapter is kind of arranged by a, a, a hero ingredient. So if there's a couple of recipes in there, that's always worth a look. The I mean, Delia, the, the, the classic Delia Smith book, again, suitably gravy stained. That's the one to go to for kind of and basic recipes behind all sorts of things. Really good starting point. What we tend to do now, um, there's a really great, if, if anyone's got a big collection of books, there is a fantastic website called Eat Your Books. I believe it's .com. Um, it costs about $30 a year, but they will, you have to have the book, but you have an index. It gives you an index of all of your cookery books. So you can go in and type in, if we have a, <clears throat> a, a glut of beetroot, at any point, you can just go in and type in beetroot and it will tell you, well, in these 34 books, you've got a beetroot recipe. And it's opened up a really quite silly um, cookery book collection considerably, uh, more so than just about anything else. And say, if, if you've got a large number of books and there's a lot of stuff you haven't really thumbed through, eat your books. I say, I think it's about $30 a year. It has been an invaluable resource for us. Um, but, yeah, otherwise, um, Ed Smith, Simon Hopkinson, uh, Delia. There we go. What, what more do you need? What more do you need? Didn't you, haven't you been thinking through Nigel Slater as well, eh? Yeah, it's, yeah the, um, it's, the Christmas Chronicles um, will always always come out this time of year. Uh, it's, it's a lovely read. I know um, uh, Dan... Um, who you can find on Instagram as uh, Essex Eating, um, and go and go and be jealous of his breakfasts. Go and be jealous of his Sunday breakfast every week. Um, I know he's a big fan. Always cooks on from Christmas Chronicles. It was his Instagram feed that put me onto it in the first place. It's a really, it's a lovely wintry read, and there is always something interesting, expiring, and phenomenally seasonal uh, to to cook from it. So that's that's me the source of some good suppers over the last couple of years uh, will probably be the source of a side dish or two uh, at some point over the festive period. So, Nice. What are your thoughts about next year? What's going to happen next year? Can we even begin to think about what's going to happen next year? Do we? 
Yeah, it's just... Who knows, mate? Who knows? It's just... I think that's the frustration, isn't it? Is that it feels... I mean, we're coming up to two years. Um, This year has just been... You kind of laughed off 2021 for just being phenomenally shit, (laughs) really, (laughs) after um, the... So I keep saying January lasted for bleeding ever. February to now has been about a fortnight, as far as I can tell. It's the it's these times that just seem to they last forever and they're incredibly quick. I, I, that's what's really sort of messing me up. Really hoping to get back to a little more travel. That would be nice. I think as people do become more vaccinated. But again, we've got to vaccinate more around the world. It's That's the problem. That's what kind of, I think, is putting a lot of people off really committing to, to that kind of stuff. It's, yeah, it's, it's a suck it and see anything, isn't it? Like, it's just like, yeah, no one, no one really knows. There doesn't feel, doesn't feel like there's a cohesive policy on a global scale. It's somebody likened it the other day to the house is on fire and we keep putting it out in the lounge and a bedroom and and the rest of the house is still ablaze and until until we can get the rest of the house under control just going to reignite and reignite and reignite and that's the frustration for me is not that i've felt very secure and happy traveling around the uk um earlier in the year will no doubt do again, depending on, on what's happening with... Um, I also like the fact so Omicron sounds like one of the bad Transformers as well. Which is, um, that's, did, they, did they just go through the Greek alphabet? And just went, yeah, that one sounds sinister. That's that's what we'll call this one. It's, I don't know, mate, it's just, it's that frustrating thing of you, you want it to be what you want to be able to trust the positive things, the vaccines, the boost, the programme, everything that the, the NHS have been doing despite um, being absolutely hammered um, financially for for years and and just been trying to cope with all of this. It's it is still that it's still just such a mystery, and I think that's the kind of uh, the underlying frustration is always going to be. You just don't know, and as much as I want to be confident, as much as I want to trust the vaccines and the masks and everything, there's still that little element of doubt. And it's it's just tough. I think that's the thing for me is that, I mean, normally you and I will like chat and in years gone by and talk about great places we've eaten throughout the year, highlights, different stuff we've tried, great beers that we've had, this, that and the other, whereas this year just feels like yeah, there's been some great food and drink, you know, but I think, I mean, one of the things I will say is that I just, again, as I've said in, in numerous episodes before, is I totally doff my cap if I was wearing one to the hospitality industry. Just just phenomenal the way that they've kept going and all the shit that they've had thrown at them. And they've still kept going, and they've still kept going, and they've still kept going. And, you know, all the different implications of what may happen, you know, is the furlough scheme going to come back in? Is it going to be less than it was before? Is there going to be any support? Do we need to close all of this stuff? And 
it, it's just like I don't know. It, it, I'm glad to see the back of this year from that respect because that uncertainty has just been. It's just plagued everything, hasn't it? And it, it you know, and it's still. I think that's the upsetting thing for me is it still is plaguing everybody now. That that you can't make any firm decisions. You can't, you know, reading some of Gary Usher's stuff that's gone out on Twitter around, you know, party of forty eight cancelling a Christmas lunch because everyone's been told to work from home, and you know that food would have been on order, and they've lost that money, and you just like. Yeah, I don't know, mate. It, it's yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Fingers yeah, crossed. Yeah, last time I was on Twitter today again. Just been a wealth of a great hospitality people. Um, just reporting cancellation after cancellation after cancellation. Um, yeah, it's. No, we. Who knows? No, it's it's just too. Let's let's. Go and have a good Christmas. Let's do what we can. Um, go and go and eat the good stuff, people. Go and drink the good things. Anything you've been laying down, saving it for a special occasion. This, this is the special occasion. Here, here. Just, just open it. Here, here. Defrost it. Whatever it is. Let's let's do that. Let's let's at least make this a good, hearty, delicious Christmas. With you there, mate. One hundred percent. Hopefully, I'll get to see you face to face in the new year. Fingers crossed. Um, yeah, just, hard, yeah well, maybe, maybe just the eyes. Might just be the eyes. Yes, it yeah. may just be. <laughs> I just want to say thank you to everyone that's really supported this podcast since we launched it. Um, thank you. Mean, this, this, is, I mean, it sound, this sounds like the most sarcastic round of applause in, in history, but it's, it's heartfelt. Thank you so much. We really appreciate your involvement on Twitter and, and, and on you know Instagram and everything else. And, um, we love doing this. We want to keep it going. We've got loads of plans for next year. Uh, the website's up. The website's up. Oh, the website's up. Yeah, the website's www.startsandsides.com. If you want to go and check out the website on there, we're going to be – we're starting now. We're going to press releases, uh, reviews, news, all that kind of stuff. I was having a bit of a rant and a, a moan about stuff at certain times. But um, if the stuff you'd like us, you want to throw our way, hopefully if we can be out and about next year, we want to be at beer festivals, we want to be at tastings, we want to come and see what people are doing, um, both up north and down south. Um, but, yeah, thank you so much for everyone that's supported us. And uh, we love the feedback that we get on this and we, we love everyone's involvement and thank you for getting involved with that and um yeah cheers and here's to next year so uh have a good one mate and uh you too sir hopefully see you early in the new year um and yeah thank you merry christmas cheers merry christmas all